0: Hello everybody, how y'all doing out there? Welcome to the podcast today, Conversations with Richard and Robert. We are here today on this lovely uh, Tuesday for our podcast. Uh, Y'all probably hear it Wednesday or Thursday. You might hear it tonight, who knows, but uh, we're going to be talking about, what are we talking about today, Richard?
1: We're talking about, we're in our Philippians series, so... We're still in Philippians one, um, and we're going to actually finish chapter one. So we're in Philippians one, chapter uh, verse verse nineteen through thirty. So kind of a big passage. It's a big, but it, it talks about uh, the theme is rejoicing in the Lord through persecution, and that Paul's rejoicing that whether he gets released for is whether he's delivered from prison or whether he dies in prison either way he's going to rejoice because it, if he lives it means it means uh, fruitful work in, for the for the kingdom or if he dies even better he'll go be with Christ <laughs>
0: so sounds mean um, or cruel either way but it is what it is yeah
1: i mean the the book of philippians is is a book of joy and it's a book of rejoicing i don't know how many times it says rejoice but again it says it here for the first verse here and well the end of 18 yes i will rejoice
0: Seems like he didn't care what nobody said. He just did his thing and kept trucking along, you know. That's well, like a lot of us, you know. A lot of people want to talk and all that stuff, but you know what? You can't listen to them. You just got to believe in yourself and believe what God laid in your heart, you know, no matter what people think.
1: The The secret to Paul's um, joy is his faith in God his his perspective of the kingdom of god um i mean i've asked this i'm sure a lot of you guys have asked it but how do you have man do you ever have you ever met someone that's just joyful like that's just man they're just always just at peace with the lord and just they have joy
0: yeah i have met people like that but and i've also met people that You know, they you think they got it going on on the outside, Mm -hmm. but when you get home, it's a you know, it's a different story. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like, you know, there's some people, you know, you think, man, they really got it going on, but you don't know what goes on behind closed doors, you don't know the struggles they could be dealing with, they could be dealing with anxiety, depression, Mm -hmm. you know. The main thing is is to make sure you got good mentorships and leaders and people that believe in what you do and surround yourself with good people. You know, as I hear a lot of speakers say and a lot of positive people uh that if you got a negative Nancy or a bad apple in the tree, you know, sometimes it's best just to get rid of it because if you don't it's going to make all your other fruit ripe and sour.
1: Well, one of the one of the fruit of the spirit is joy. Yeah. So rejoice, come. It's the same. It's a very similar word. You know, as you joy. you hear
0: a lot of you hear a lot of the word joy around Christmas. Yeah. Everybody seems happy. You know. You know, ev- not everybody. I mean, some people like when Christmas rolls was, was around. Mm-hmm. They got loved ones they lost. They got family they lost or, uh, you know, they're they're going through a bad divorce or just might be a bad, you know, Christmas for us. I mean, it's like me. I love Christmas. It used to be my favorite time of the holiday. But, you know, it's something that I'm not really excited about like I used to be when I was a kid and when my family was around. My mom and dad, they're gone, you know. And, you know, I heard somebody the other day, you know, talking about it when you have little ones, you know, You know, Christmas was exciting. You know, because the kids are opening presents, and you know, you know, you know, you know about Santa Claus and all that stuff. And then when you get a little bit older, it kind of like the holiday seasons don't mean as much. It's just to get together, right? That's crazy.
1: So there is so the world, our culture's definition of of joy or rejoicing is is when good things happen to you when you're when your situation is good you're happy and you got to you got to keep your situation good to be happy but what the bible teaches us what paul teaches us here in philippians is the dudes in prison he's writing to a church in rome who is being persecuted as in i don't know if you guys have studied about the first 2nd century Rome and their persecution of Christians but guys it was it was as horrible as it gets um they were going so far as to and this is graphic okay so you know if you need to if you're listening to it with your kids you need to pause this for a second or whatever but they would go so far as to putting Christians in uh in the Colosim games and letting loose hungry animals, um, they would crucify them on on crosses, and that was that was the worst of it. Uh, as far as their 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 persecution I mean, of Christians, bad, man, but
0: it don't it sounds bad, but it you is. Know, it don't, yeah, it, it's bad, but it's not as bad as some of this stuff in the world. I mean, and,
1: yeah, I mean it's bad, and there's stuff going on today of persecution of of Christians. It, it's in, it has never stopped.
0: It's like Israel and Hamas, the prime example right there. It's like, you know, it's it's happening over there. I mean, that's all they know overseas and, like, Israel, Hamas, Iran. That's all they know is to fight. It's it's like a computer. They're born with it, you know. They're getting taught it every day. Hate Hamas or hate Israel or hate Iran. Mm. You know, and the culture over there, the younger folks are trying to change it, but it's some of the older folks that hold on to the lineage.
1: Yeah. Well, I was trying to I think uh, persecution in America. It's it's interesting to talk about persecution in America. We gratefully have a First Amendment, um I believe that's the First Amendment, isn't it? The the freedom freedom of, speech, of religion. Believe, and, I think it's uh, you, but we are not um legally persecuted for being christians but we're, However, we're heading down there there is road. some people do experience mild ver- milder versions of of persecution whether it's um some of you guys may have experienced some sort of of persecution for uh maybe maybe in your business not supporting movements such as uh, LGBTQ, well, you know, there, you know, and maybe maybe you know, you've well, gotten you know, some sort of persecution you know, pushback uh, for that, or
0: there was a baker in Washington.
1: Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: you know what I'm saying. I mean, so
1: and he felt like he didn't he didn't want to.
0: That was his religion. The
1: cake. But he would. Yeah. And so there's there's these ethical boundaries in America where you're gonna have some clash with the culture, and when you do. We we got to know the word of God to know what to think about when our faith
0: clashes with culture, right? And then he then he got a lawsuit and he pretty much just quit making cakes. I think he still got a bakery business, but I think he don't bake like wedding cakes. And that was, yeah, from what I understood, that was pretty good business. You know what I mean? So he had to readjust. Well, and it's sad there's people out there like that just because you don't want to bow down to them or you don't want to do it. You know, there was probably another way he could have went about it. You know, I don't know. He probably could have said, hey, I'm just fucked up. I can't do it. And they would have probably moved on. But when you said, hey, it's because of my religion, you know, I mean, you know, I understand he stood up to God and believed in what he believed in, but you know he he might have could have kept it in the back of his mo back of his head, and you know just told him said, "Hey man, I'm booked up. I can't do it."
1: Yeah, I mean, th- some of these areas are gray, and so but mean, the reality yeah. is, when persecution comes, we have to know how to think about it from a biblical standpoint, and. As we dive into this this text right here, it is a big passage. I want to read it just because it's good for us to hear the word, and then we'll we'll talk about it for a few minutes. And uh, but here here's what the Apostle Paul says. And remember, he's in prison. He's writing to a persecuted church in um, in Philippi. Um, he says, "Yes, I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers." and the hell of the Spirit of Jesus, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your joy and progress in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So I want to pause there. That's kind of section one. That's section one in our, in our talk today. So the gist of that is that Paul is not merely concerned about his physical comfort or deliverance. He's mostly concerned about the advancement of the kingdom of God on earth and his going to be with the Lord in heaven. Therefore, either way, he'll rejoice that Christ is honored. And so whether we live or die is a win through Christ. So Paul's that's what he's saying. He's either way I'll rejoice. Whether I die in prison, I'll rejoice because I get to go be with the Lord or if I if I'm not released, I'll I'll make disciples in prison or if I am released, I'll get to keep encouraging you guys. It's it's quite amazing that Paul has this joyful of of a perspective on his situation and I know that the the way that he has this is not some sort of inauthentic. He's not just putting on a, he's not being fake. This is coming from the living water within him, Jesus, who is bearing in him the fruit of the spirit, which is joy. Um, the fruit of the spirit where he is able to see the kingdom and he is able to see God's purposes in his situation. So his joy is not based on good circumstances. That's extremely encouraging and convicting for me and for I think anyone in our culture because our culture values things such as self-fulfillment self-gratification uh, it's it's a uh, we we value comfort we value uh, pleasures and and stuff and we live in a culture where stuff is accessible and for the most part we're we're not persecuted, uh, to an extreme degree as, as a culture. Um, we're a culture where we stuff and more stuff and pleasures are accessible. And, uh, yeah, it's encouraging because Paul is, is saying rejoicing does not depend on that stuff because it's easy for us to chase that stuff. But rejoicing, it's when we focus on the kingdom of God, then the Spirit produces real rejoicing in us. So it's not this thing you you muster up, you know, this, um, you know, like you mentioned earlier, where people, you know, put on this mask of happiness, but right. when they go home, they're really filled with all this... Anger yeah. and anxiety, yeah, you know? I mean, you know. And it's not that Paul didn't have any emotions that were negative, but he's he saying he's rejoicing, in. man, and he I didn't. love
0: that. I guess he didn't, you know, he rejoiced, he was happy, and, you know, if he had any problems, he kept it to himself, you know what I mean? But I think he was truly happy.
1: He was truly happy in the kingdom of God. And I'm just like, man, I want to develop that perspective where I'm, I'm seeing the kingdom. And, um, you know, he talks about if, if, if he was convinced that he's going to not die in prison, um, and he was in a Roman prison, but he says, if, if I stay alive, that means fruitful labor for me. And it's convicting to ask myself the question and us, does my life mean fruitful labor? Right? Like, and not in a way of condemnation but in a way of just hey let's ask ourselves that question like are we being fruitful for the for the kingdom as in you, you know what i mean like f- the fruit of the spirit right love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control am i encouraging people in that am i encouraging people in the kingdom of god am i um am i being fruitful it's good to ask ourselves the that that question i think because the tendency can certainly be to to shrink back and just kind of do your own thing and not be super focused on the kingdom of god right yeah
0: i mean yeah
1: so that's encouraging our our uh, rejoicing is dependent on the kingdom of God, and I wanted to ask this question. Are you worried ever that your difficult circumstances have rendered you unable to serve God's kingdom, or are, anyone, are you or anyone you know being persecuted for the name of Jesus? So we all, I mean, people listening to this have all sorts of difficult circumstances going on, and... And sometimes people can think, "Well, man, my 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 situation is so difficult that God well, can't use me." Well, I think you know,
0: me. I think one of the most difficult circumstances of them all, in my opinion, that outweighs all of them, that affects everybody, not just one type person, is financials. Everybody, think about it. Everybody struggles there. You know. Because things have got out of hands, stuff costs more. You know, if you go back to like when my parents alive were in the sixties and seventies, and I and I know this for a fact because I threw their, you know, I was cleaning their stuff out and threw it away, and a power bill back then was like twenty five or twenty bucks. You know what I mean? And water bill wasn't that much, and you had, you know, you had insurance. uh, I did not see car insurance because I imagine back then, you know, I don't. I don't know. Somebody might have to correct me on this, but I did not see car insurance, which they might have had it. Uh, but I did see a phone bill, which most people don't know what a phone, what a where you dial, where you had to take the thing and you dial, and not to punch. I it actually
1: in. do remember that. I'm, I I? I did. My too. grandmother had one.
0: Yeah, and. Uh, You'd hit the three, and you'd have to dial all the way around, and wait till it come back. Go.
1: So she had a this. This is kind of interesting. She had a Superman booth at her house. Her and my uh, grandfather, and there was literally a Superman outfit in there, and this dial phone. And I used to use. I thought it was fun. I'd so I'd dial my friends and call them on the little dial phone from the Superman. Don't you booth. Wish
0: you still had that Superman <laughs> phone booth.
1: I don't know what happened to it it's so funny but yeah uh, so financial difficulties that's probably one of and the you biggest, may feel stuck
0: i mean because i mean it just seems like he f- everything may feel like you're costs not, so much like i went yeah. to the grocery store for the church today to buy food you know and i'm buying certain items and i'm looking at, at meat and i'm like gosh i remember when i used to buy this and this was 20 dollars and now it's 36 yeah you know so yeah. i am mean, and, and and
1: that's what you know the the attitude throughout Philippians. This is this is talking about this is talking about persecution, but also I mean, Paul's in prison. I mean, there there's all sorts of hard times going on. I mean, he's in prison and he's saying, "I'm rejoicing in the Lord because the Lord's using me," and life means fruitful labor.
0: And there's some people out there that don't have nothing. Like you said, this has got joy.
1: Now, I want to say, I think I was trying to think about persecution for me. I may it I will say like look let this let this search your heart a little bit because it searched mine I'm just look I have not experienced much persecution and I I did let that check my spirit and say hey spirit search me like does I wonder if I I hope Does that mean I'm not living outwardly for you like I should? So I don't know how to answer that. Just, hey, let that question, just ask yourself that question. Search your own heart. But I think the only sort of persecution I felt is when I did a season of uh, door-to-door evangelism and a couple people were mean to me. Uh, I literally got a couple doors slammed in my face, and obviously that'll hurt your feelings a little bit when you get a door slammed. Well, in your it face. does. I mean, it and have... so that was just the only sort of it, and it was in my neighborhood, and you know, I don't know what sort of yeah. So I mean, that was a probably a very, very, very mild people just don't form like of persecution. Be, I, I
0: think you know people don't like to be bothered at home, maybe on sure, and I get it. Like, and they, they were mean to me. Don't know, don't know reason to be mean. All you got to do is just say, man, I know about Jesus. Sure. Thank you, appreciate it, you know, and then shut the door. You know, it's like the other day at Walmart. I was at Walmart, and there was a guy. He was just sitting on the curb, had a speaker, and reading the Bible. You know, telling everybody about Jesus. Yeah. And, and he wasn't up there. Well, I don't know, buddy, he was just. Speaking about it and preaching about it, and, you know, imagine people were saying, man, what's this crazy dude doing up here preaching? Hey. There's people that are like that, you know, I mean, it's just, it is what it is.
1: Well, let's jump to section two, and it is verses 27 through 30. So he, he says, Paul continues, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's good. engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now here that I still have. So he's saying, hey, here's how you should act, act in a manner that's worthy of the gospel. And then he says, look, this is, so that second section there is, is pretty awesome. It's surprising. It's convicting, all those words. But he says, your opponents, he's talking about the people who persecute you. Don't be afraid of them. It's a sign to them that that you worship God and you're not you have confidence that that even if you die, you have a life waiting on you like you have hope uh and then verse twenty nine this is this is this is the perspective that the New Testament gives us, which is very surprising, and we gotta kind of wrestle with it, but it says it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him but also suffer for his sake. So that word granted, it it can also mean favor. Like it's the favor of God, it's the blessing of God. It's a gift of God that we believe in him and that we suffer for him. Like, whoa, it's a gift of God that we suffer for him? So I had to wrestle with that and but that's it's all throughout the New Testament. Um In Matthew 5, Jesus is talking, and he said, uh, He said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So it's the same language that Paul's using, but... Oh, man to transform us to that degree that we would rejoice and count suffering as a gift and in acts um you, we remember that the story of when it says that uh the disciples rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name and when we read that it transforms our mind and transforms our heart to when we do experience some type of attack from the from the devil some type of suffering some sort of persecution, that we'll see it as a gift from God. Because what happens, uh, James chapter 1 says, count it all joy when you face trials of various kinds, because the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Um, So when, when we face persecution, suffering, trials, God uses it to strengthen our faith. And He uses it to give us intimacy with Him, that we could never receive when things are groovy and comfortable.
0: That's what I'm, you know, I am sitting here thinking about that. You know, when things are groovy or comfortable, you don't take this personal, guys, but you just get caught up in your own little world and you you still love Jesus, but, you know, and you still pray to him, you still do the things you do, but you're more comfortable and Jesus is kind of in the back of your mind. It's like, I, you know, it's kind of like I'm doing this. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me. I'm doing this and then all of a sudden it's like you're riding down a road. Might be four months, might be five months. A rock steps out in front of you and you trip and who's the first person you always run back to. Yeah. You say, Jesus, please Lord, help me get through this, help me And you know and he and he always, he's always there. But it seems like when we're groovy and things are grooving along, we kinda move from the front seat to maybe the back seat and then eventually the third seat. It's not that we don't think about him, but things are going so good, and you get caught up in life, and you're just rolling.
1: And it's through, yeah, exactly. And it's it's through the the trials of life that we learn to have the perspective that Paul has here, and we have to learn it. It takes an entire lifetime to grow in our maturity in faith. But every single thing that we experience, whether it's persecution, trials, sufferings, hard times, financial difficulties, relational difficulties, God uses everything to mature our character into the character of Christ. He just does, and man, um,
0: it, it's you know it's, it's it's crazy, man. I mean, you just you just sit back. I mean, I'm, I'm I'll be fifty here in a couple of days. You sit back and you and you and you see things and you run across people and uh it's like I was in the grocery store this morning and run across this girl that uh I knew from school and it's like okay, and then you run across some people and and they still act the same, they're the same person, and they never change you know.
1: Well, guys, let's let our focus be on the kingdom of God and on Christ. The Lord is at work right here, right now. And whatever you have going on in your your world right now, let God use you. Your, your, your moment is a gift from God. If you're having a, a good week, it's a gift from God. And if you're having a hard week, it's also a gift from God. And God wants to teach you. So let's press in. Let's let's press into Him. Let's draw near to Him. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to, to teach us and to teach us to hear His voice, teach us to learn, help us to learn the things that He wants us to learn in this season and focus on the kingdom of God and not yes. just this,
0: this world. You know, it's just like, you know, we got a, somebody that, you know, that's a real inspiration around here. And I'll say it, you know is uh, is Carrie the wars look at her I mean she's a big inspiration and it just keeps it's like you know we talk about it I mean things was going bad there for a little while and then all of a sudden it's just like she takes two steps forward and maybe three steps back but it seems like she's doing better she's getting better and I just feel in my heart that God's not done with her I think God's got a plan for her. And when she, when she comes out of this, you know, this ain't the first time this has happened to her. She's a fighter. And she knows God's not done with her. God's got a plan.
1: Amen, brother. Well, it's our desire, guys, to encourage you and equip you in your faith journey with Jesus. And uh, God bless you today. And, hey, let's draw near to him today and uh, let him use you right where you are.